0: This podcast discusses cannabis and is intended for audiences 21 and over.
1: When we have played the girls rock camp shows, we did a few of them in the summer of 2019. And those were so fun because the kids were just screaming and dancing and they were so into it. It was so fun. And also when we opened for the Go-Go's that the same year, That was also really fun. And when it was almost like the opposite side of the spectrum where it was all these older people who are like Go-Go's fans and they were seeing us and they're like, oh my God, it's like the mini Go-Go's and they were really into it. So that was a really good show.
0: Welcome back to How to Do the Pot. I'm Ellen Scanlon, the co-creator of the show. You just heard from Abby Weems, the singer and guitarist in a band called Potty Mouth, who started playing music for fun and turned it into a career as a professional musician. Today we'll talk about cannabis, creativity, and music, and share some insights into what actually makes music more fun with weed. Do you get How to Do the Pot's newsletter? You can sign up at dothepot.com, and please also follow along on all our socials. And as always, if you like How to Do the Pot, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show. Music and weed have a long history together. The first weed-based hit songs were by jazz greats like Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong in the 1930s, bands like the Beatles and the Grateful Dead in the 60s, Bob Marley and other reggae stars in the 70s, and hip-hop's massive popularity in the 90s. I can't think of a type of music that hasn't been influenced by weed but what does it bring to music? We'll have more to share about cannabis music and creativity in the coming months. And today we'll start the conversation with the LA-based all-women band Potty Mouth and their bass player, Allie Einbinder.
2: I grew up going to local shows in Albany, New York, where I'm from. And music was always a passion of mine, but always just like as a as a listener or as an audience member. And then When I was a senior in college, I got my first bass and started teaching myself how to play bass just for fun. And then when I graduated, I joined my first band. And once I started playing in a band, really, I mean, I had just been wanting to do that sort of thing for so long, but I just really never had the confidence to do it or thought that it was too late to learn an instrument. But I was having so much fun, fun, like finally playing music, finally doing it. The first band I had joined was with two guys, two of my male friends who had been playing since they were little kids. And it was really just someone else's project that he needed a basis for. And it was definitely a good way to learn, but I really wanted to meet other. Women who just wanted to learn in some sort of like a low pressure, open environment where we could just encourage each other and support each other. I knew Abby as this cool high schooler who was like going to my old band shows. Like my my first band once played a show at the library where Abby's mom used to work. She would come to our shows and had been wanting to play guitar. So I figured, yeah, you know, better to have two inexperienced guitarists and just one inexperienced guitarist. So yeah, we started the band 2011, 10 years ago, we never had the goal of taking it to any sort of professional or career level. I actually got a scholarship to pursue my PhD. It was just money that I had been awarded from the sociology department of Smith. And it was to be put towards a PhD program of my choice, but the caveat was that I had to use it within two years of graduating.
0: Abby talks about how Potty Mouth went from shows at the library to LA.
1: It kind of just snowballed in a way because when we started the band, it was purely just for fun and pastime and we wanted to play music and jam and and just have it be like a casual experience And maybe play some basement shows in Western Mass, where the band started. And then we just kept getting asked to play more and more shows in Boston and New York and and then started touring around the country. And eventually, like a few years into it, we were like, okay, we could probably do this. Like, we could make money doing this,
0: right? So how do Abby and Ally consume cannabis when they're making music?
1: It definitely helps with writing. Like I find that being high and writing or just writing melodies or working on a demo, the time really flies by. I just feel so much more focused on what's in front of me when I'm like in that zone. It definitely is like a focused relaxation. I feel like I really love getting high and painting too. It's definitely harder to be a singer and get high before a performance because I feel like it really like dries your throat out and yeah, it's not great for your lungs. In the past, I don't smoke before we go on stage, but now I want to because now that I'm more of a stoner, I'm like, hey, that sounds fun. <laughs> I just got to figure out how to sing through it.
2: For me, like. Bass is all about the rhythm and like, you know, I say bass is like the heartbeat of a song with drums, obviously. And bass is one of those instruments that I feel like it already helps to be in your body, sort of, when you're playing it. Less in your head, more in your body. Mm -hmm. Because then you can really feel the rhythm more. And for me, that's what cannabis helps me achieve is that is that deeper bodily connection. I'm such like a cerebral person that my default is to be stuck in my head and so it really helps me connect my head with my body better.
0: Allie prefers edibles when she's performing.
2: Even though they can be a little bit more challenging to dose correctly, they do help me achieve that bodily high that I don't always get from vaping or or smoking and I just feel less tight in myself and more able to relax. Like, I feel like we just go about our lives not even realizing how much tightness we carry everywhere because we get so used to it. Like, for me, I'm always tight in my shoulders. I'm always tight in my jaw. And yeah, I find that, like, edibles and the bodily high that I get just help me, like, loosen up overall.
0: Cannabis has also helped them with the emotional ups and downs of the music industry.
1: Getting high makes you, like, appreciate music for what it is and and it's less about comparing yourself and and how being a professional musician it can like suck all of the life out of music sometimes because you're just listening to other artists and you're like this is so good like they did it like this and this is so cool and i just feel like we're always over analyzing other music and comparing ourselves but then when you get high you sort of are released from that and you're able to reappreciate something and make it less personal in a way or just yeah just like sort of get lost in
2: it when we started 10 years ago we started from such a pure open and honest place we didn't have like any big aspirations or career goals And I love how that is what got us to the next level was we just approached things in the only way we knew how, which was just to like, teach ourselves and do it together and kind of like trust our intuition. And through the last five or six years of being in a band, like our experience has been very much an industry experience. Like we went from being a scrappy DIY band that played our first show in a friend's basement to flying out to LA to play a showcase for major labels, signing to a major label for a little while, like working with celebrity managers, like everything. And, you know, I don't regret those experiences because we learned so much, but there were lots of growing pains involved and lots of aspects of the journey that do really suck the creative soul and energy of what brought us here to begin with. It's easy to lose yourself in that. And it was honestly hard for me to listen to a lot of new music for a while, like without hearing it in this like very relational way of like, oh, like this is a contemporary artist to us. Like, how are they doing it? Why are they getting good reviews? Why do people like this? Like, I don't understand what they're doing. (laughs) We're not doing, you know, being high and listening to music is just helping me love it again. Like, it takes me out of the ego mindset that makes me compare myself or makes me feel like yucky things, like jealous or whatever. And it's just all about getting that, like, joy back of appreciating it for the art that it is and not just the the career that that it became for us
1: we've been a band for 10 years now and we've kind of been on this hamster wheel of being a working band and writing music and then recording it and then planning a release and playing shows and touring and then doing the whole cycle all over again. And it was wearing on us. And I think we didn't even really realize it until COVID happened and everything got shut down. And it was like, Oh wow. Like we actually really needed a break. (laughs) And it, it sucked because we had a lot of really cool tours planned for 2020. And it kind of felt like, okay, 2020 is going to be our year. Like we got all these, amazing tours and we released a record and everything is getting revved up to to promote it and then it all just got canceled and we were so worn out and needed to like reevaluate or just like get some new perspective on our relationship with music so it's been hard to not be able to play music and not tour and and like perform for fans because i feel like that's primarily how our band reaches people is like through our live show experience. And I don't know, it's been also like a healing time for us as a band too.
0: You're probably curious by now about what kind of music Potty Mouth plays. Definitely check them out wherever you listen to music and Abby gives us some insight.
1: So our musical influences would definitely be Juliana Hatfield, Lives Fair, Garbage, and then yeah, like Hole, Weezer, Nirvana. We just definitely are influenced by the 90s grunge rock.
0: Live performances have been on hold since the pandemic started, but Potty Mouth can't wait to get back to playing, hopefully soon.
2: It's never a good idea to get too high and and play especially live because then you have like the whole element of the audience without an audience I feel like it's fine because then you can just be in your own little world but you know when you're in front of an audience it it, it can like backfire and like cause some anxiety but if you're like at that um what do you call it like the pleasure zone of a high it really does help me be more present with the rhythm of
1: of a song I miss playing shows. It's such a relief. Abby and
2: I were starting to get really good at doing like crazy moves where like she would crawl between my legs while I was still playing bass. <laughs> and she had her, her guitar and
1: we were doing backbends. Backbends. <laughs> I would
2: do a backbend while playing and she would give me a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> we were just having a lot of yeah. fun and yeah, there's nothing like it. Nothing compares You when you do live stream. Like it's not the same energy. Cause you don't really, you know, you don't have an audience in front of you uh, physically. So, so much of the live experience yeah. is when that energy from the stage feeds onto the audience and their energy feeds onto you. And I miss it so much. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like it, uh, we were, yeah, we were getting so good at like getting into a groove and being goofy on stage. And I'm really excited to get back into that and also be high for that. One of the hardest parts about being on stage is talking to the audience. <laughs> and uh, I have a feeling that being high will help with that. Um, at least for me personally, because I feel like my style of talking to the audience is kind of like (laughs) trollish like uh, it's so hard for me to take it seriously when I'm looking out into the crowd and all these people are looking up at you and it's like what the hell am I supposed to say right now you know I'm just gonna like goof off and like you know make a little joke or something I'm like definitely looking forward to that more I think that people are gonna like are kind of craving that from music anyway. But yeah, I love playing live.
0: Are you missing live music? Check out the Groove Therapy podcast, a show that dives into the science of listening to live music so people can better understand the importance of the experience. It's hosted by health experts, Dr. Leah Taylor and Tara Lee Weathers, who link the live music experience with living a healthy lifestyle. The show gives tips for how to incorporate the live music feels into everyday life and talks about how to hear live music in a conscious and informed way. Live music and consuming cannabis can have similar effects, relaxation, stress relief, helping to get us out of the default mode network in our brains. On the show, they interview musicians, industry professionals, and health and wellness experts. Check out Groove Therapy wherever you listen to podcasts for today's high five cannabis creativity and music what do experts know number one what is creativity The most popular TED Talk ever is about creativity, and its creator, Sir Ken Robinson, believes that creativity is putting your imagination to work. He defines it as applied imagination. I loved a book called Creative Confidence by Tom and David Kelly, founder of the design school at Stanford, that talks about creativity as a mindset we can all practice. I'll link to both in the show notes. Number two, Science and Weed. Since cannabis remains a Schedule One drug, most of the research that's been done is focused on its harms. As we talked about in Episode 60, hopefully the rapid pace of legalization will open up more opportunities for research and studies on the plant that focus on things like the links between cannabis music and creativity. Number three, symptoms of creativity. A 2012 study focused on cannabis and creativity showed that cannabis produces quote, symptoms considered primary to creative thinking. What happens? Cannabis use can lead to connecting seemingly unrelated concepts, which leads to breaking free from ordinary thinking, which increases the likelihood of generating novel ideas or associations. Number four, stay present. Studies going back to 1970 show that cannabis enhances the appreciation of music. People consuming cannabis focus more on the sounds, and this attention requires less mental energy, so it's easier to listen, to focus, and to relax. Number five, try this at home. What are your favorite songs? Take a break and listen while you consume your favorite cannabis. What seems different? We'd love to hear your favorite music and weed story, so DM us at DoThePot or email hi at DoThePot.com. Today's strain pick is bubblegum. Bubblegum is a moderately intoxicating strain that helps you feel more present as well as happy, uplifted, and relaxed. Try it while you listen to some music. It's considered one of the best tasting weed strains with sweet and fruity flavors, but it can bring on dry mouth and dry eyes. It was also one of How to Do the Pot's 12 essential strains for women, so check out episode 34 to learn more. For today's podcast recs, I Like Popcast, hosted by New York Times music critic John Caramonica. The telling of DMX's life story, a conversation about the intense potency of the rapper's music and religious fervor, and what it was like to interview him. How to Do the Pot. On Something, hosted by Anne-Marie Awad. The Creative Brain on Drugs. Does cannabis make creative people, well, more creative? Thank you for listening to How to Do the Pot. You can find us on Instagram at Do the Pot. And for lots more information and past episodes, visit dothepot.com. Thanks to April Pride, Maddie Fair, our brand manager, and our producer, Nick Patry. I'm Ellen Scanlon, and we'll be back soon with more of How to Do the Pot.